Going into 2022, it looks like USC is the favorite to win the Pac-12 on the gridiron. Should they be? We'll discuss. Let's go. Locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first view. If you watch it on YouTube every day, part of the Locked On Net- Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions every day. This episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline is covered this season with more prompts, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And speaking of the aforementioned sponsor here at the Locked On Podcast Network, Bet Online. Uh, they had some interesting lines that I saw come out that we are discussing here on the show today and maybe a little bit in some coming episodes as well because I thought they were most fascinating. So Bet Online released their uh, betting favorites for the Pac-12 football conference for this fall. And... <laughs> Interestingly enough, we've talked about USC plenty on this show, right? How could you not? They're the biggest brand on the West Coast when it comes to football. Only team out here to to win a national championship this century. I mean, it's just there's no mystery to all of that. And so when I saw that these odds were coming out, I expected that with the addition of Caleb Williams and the addition of Lincoln Riley and all the other transfers, you know, uh, Mario Williams from USC and then Terrell Bynum from Washington, Shane Lee from BAM. I mean, there's a whole host of guys on there who we've discussed at one point or another here on the show. I was still very surprised to see that USC was the betting favorite to win the championship in 2022. Now, the national championship, the conference championship, which, by the way, is the first step for everybody. If you're going to become a program that gets to the college football playoff, you got to be able to win your conference first. And so I know that USC fans saw the hire of Lincoln Riley and are probably thinking, well, you know, we should be getting to the college football playoff and we should be doing uh, this that, and competing for national championships. Yes, that's a reasonable expectation, given who your head coach is, his track record in the school that he is now going to and the resources available to him. However. Baby steps, right? As they said in Ocean's Eleven, my favorite movie, you got to walk before you can crawl. Uh, it's a great line. Anyway, so USC is the favorite at two to one, which as far as conference championship odds go, I'm not sure how many of you follow betting and lines and all that stuff are out there and whatnot. I follow it pretty closely. Being a two to one favorite in an entire conference is telling about a couple things. Number one, the belief that that odds makers and also betters out there have in USC's ability to compete and win right now. And number two, the overall weakness of the Pac-12 conference, because I guarantee you that if Lincoln Riley had stayed at Oklahoma when they got to the SEC, they were not going to be the two to one betting favorite to to win And the Big 12, eh, maybe a little bit closer, but you go to the Big 10 eh, that's that's not going to happen. So. They're a two-to-one favorite. The other two that were there that were really noticeably above everybody else, Oregon at 11-to-5, which is you know just over two-to-one, and then Utah at five-to-one. And we're going to start there because I just find this to be a really interesting way to, to frame the discussion about who should be a contender, who can be 
a contender this year. So let's start by looking at USC schedule and just consider that to win your division, you probably need eight wins. To, like if you win eight conference games, that's going to get you in, right? Every team plays nine. Oregon and Utah, I believe, both won eight a season ago. If I'm wrong, you can hop in the comments and correct me and such. But I believe they, I believe they both won eight conference games. Oregon might have won seven. Oregon might have won seven because they lost to both Stanford and and, and Utah. But you got to win seven or eight uh, of your conference games in order to at least be a, a contender in a significant way in, in a given conference within the division, right? And again. You have to start with your conference before you can get to the college football playoff. You got to start with your division before you can think about winning your conference. So USC schedule, they they go at Stanford, at the Beavs. Those are their first. I'm just looking at Pac-12 games here, right? Because overall record can come into play, but Utah struggled early in the year, but then they started to dominate through the Pac-12, ended up winning the conference, going to the Rose Bowl. So that's why we're just looking at conference schedules here. USC goes at Stanford at Oregon State, then they get ASU and Wazoo at home, at Utah, and then at Zona, Cal and Colorado, and then at UCLA for their final regular season game of the year in the Pac-12, because I think their final regular season game is, is against Notre Dame. But again, it's probably not going to have a huge bearing on, on how things shape out in the conference. So if you think about it from USC's perspective and looking at that conference schedule, you have to find, if you're going to make the argument that USC is going to win the Pac-12 South and ultimately the conference championship, right? You have to have at least seven conference wins on that slate. So let's just go through game by game here. We're going to do this for Oregon and Utah as well uh, because those are kind of the top three and they're significantly above everybody else. The next closest was UCLA at 17 to 2, ASU at 17 to 2, Oregon State at 40 to 1, all of whom I'm going to mention later here in the show. At Stanford, that should be a win. Um, I, I won't say it will be per se because it's on the road, but Stanford doesn't have a huge home field advantage. So I don't think that's going to come into play in a significant way. So there's one at the Beavs. I, I, I don't know, you know, Oregon state again in 2021, that's going to be a limited home field advantage because research stadium won't be fully complete. So I think that gives USC an edge, but you got to remember it was Oregon state who came down and, and beat USC pretty handily in the Coliseum a year ago. And I know traditionally a lot of Oregon State fan or a lot of USC fans might look at Oregon State and say, oh, that's only an upset that happens, you know, every so often and such. But the Trojans have lost in Corvallis before. So I'll, I'll give them 2-0 and there. Then they go against ASU and at home against Wazoo. If they go 4-0 and there, I think that'll be a message to the rest of the conference of, yeah, we're going to compete right here and right now. But could I see them reasonably stumbling at some point in that schedule? Yeah, I, I definitely could. I definitely could. I would pick the Beavs. I think Beavs first, then at Stanford, and then Wazoo and ASU in terms of how likely it is that they would lose those games in the first four. Um, I, I would say that I, I'd say the Beavs are probably going to be the toughest one. Stanford's a little bit of a wild card. I mean, Tanner McKee is a nice quarterback who's projecting as an NFL guy and they're on the road, but it's not a huge road advantage for Stanford, really. So, But there is still something to be said about having to travel, even if it's not that far. But overall, I'd expect them to win that game. Beavs, I don't know. So let's say they go 4-0 there. Then you're at Utah. I think that's asking a lot. That's a raucous home environment. I, I will take Utah in that game. 
And I, I just, I, I think the Utes are going to be really good again this year. And I'm surprised that they are the, uh, that, that they're the third highest favorite to win the, the championship. And the uh, company, of course, that brought you that is Bet Online, who continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news and developments this year, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, Go Mariners, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. By the way, I didn't bring this up at the uh, start of the show, but those of you watching on YouTube might notice I am once again not in my uh, usual studio here. I'm coming to you live from uh, the Best Western in Ogden, up here for the Big Sky Conference softball tournament, and it's uh, it's a ton of fun. Podcast always on the move with me wherever I go, Arizona, California, North Utah. I'll be up in Seattle. So, I mean, it's just I, everywhere I go. Don't worry. I'm always taking you with me, which is why I appreciate you liking, subscribing, wherever you're listening to or watching the show right now. So, those are the four games for USC, and I just, you know, through five, they're going to have at least one loss. They, they will they will have at least one. Then they go at Zona against Cal and Colorado. That's three wins R- right there. Just based on edge talent alone, I can't see them losing any of those. And then they finish at UCLA, which, again, even though UCLA has lost a decent amount from last year from a skill position perspective and an offensive line perspective, they're still going to be a good team, and they have a foundation. And you have to remember that DTR is going to be in his fifth year of college football. Zach Charbonnet is really good. They've got some other nice skill position pieces who are starting to look like they they could you know replace the guys they lost last year and Greg Dulcich and Kyle Phillips, who were tough. But you know Kaz Allen could take a leap forward, and Jake Bobo is coming over from Duke with a lot of experience on the outside. So. I think when you look at this schedule, right, and that's uh, – I'm just going to make sure that I got my math right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, I got all nine games on there. I think you've got at least two losses and maybe three. I think between one of the first four, right, I wouldn't expect them to lose to Wazoo, but, again, it's hard to know exactly how the team is going to look and shape out. And plus, you know, with transfer portal and everything, stuff can change between now and then. But I think between at Utah, at UCLA, and one of those first four games, it's reasonable to say USC could have three conference losses and finish six and three the way UCLA and ASU did last year behind Utah. It's also reasonable, I I think, to say if things really start to click that by the time they play that game at UCLA in the Rose Bowl, I think it's huge for USC to miss Oregon here and not have to play them on the road. But by the time they get to that game against UCLA in the Rose Bowl in the greatest uniform matchup in all of sports, they could really start to be clicking and figuring things out and guys buying into the system, being comfortable there, making you know all that sort of stuff that comes over the course of the year. So uh, I think the, the floor here is six and three, but I, I think the ceiling is certainly eight and one. I don't see nine and oh, I, I between at UCLA and at Utah. I do not think that this USC team is going to be able to win both of those games. But could they conceivably be in conceivably be in that position? Yeah, I I really think that that they could. Let's go to the next favorite there. And, and by the way, just to to put a finer bow on, on USC being two to one, I think two to one is way overvalued. I think that's Vegas a little bit wanting to entice people with lines and you know put a picture in people's minds of USC is back and they're back to being what they were before. They they certainly can be under Lincoln Riley, but they're not there yet. And certainly before we've seen him take a snap, I think two to one is a little bit ridiculous from an odds perspective. And so 
I, I think that's too high, but can they contend in the Pac-12 South with that schedule? Yeah, I'd say so, especially because, you know, one of the road games is at Arizona, who's rebuilding even more than, than USC is. And then you've got Stanford off of a three and nine year. Who knows what, what they're going to be as well. But uh, Stanford tripped them up a season ago. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and find out. Okay, let's go to Oregon now, who are the, the, the second most likely team to win, according to our friends at, at Bet Online. They've got some tough ones in here, some really, really tough ones. And, and I think the benefit for the Ducks is that the South is a lot stronger than the North, a lot stronger than the north because their schedule they go at wazoo stanford at home at zona ucla at home at cal at colorado washington and utah at home and then at the beeves the benefit for the ducks here and why you know i think they'd be a pretty popular pick both because of their returning talent but also when you look at the schedule to come out of the pac-12 north for for a third season in a row is you just have to look at at this schedule and think, boy, that's a lot of breaks. At Washington State, that's a tough game because Washington State is going to be pretty good as they were a season ago. But it's not the most raucous environment. Now, you could get some weird weather, but it's also not in November, December up there in Pullman. So I think that's also an advantage for the Ducks in terms of when that road game is is scheduled there for them. Then they get Stanford at home. Oregon lost one game at home in the Mario Cristobal era. It was to Stanford, worthy of note. It was a crazy game, but it was to Stanford, and they've beaten them at Autzen before. David Shaw knows how to do that, and not many have succeeded in winning a game at, at Autzen Stadium in the last decade or so. It's been done, but it's pretty tough, and Shaw knows how to do it. Then they go at Zona. I think that's way too big of a talent mismatch. UCLA at home. Again, I'll just pick the Ducks at home because that's what they've shown over the years. The home crowd is a big, big factor for them. And then they go at Cal, not a tough road game, at Colorado. Again, that's back-to-back -back weeks on the road. Anytime you have back-to-back -back weeks on the road in conference, you're immediately going to think, okay, that's uh, that's a little tricky, right? That could be tough. At Cal and at Colorado, those are probably two of the weakest environments and teams that you could put in a back-to-back -back situation like that. And then they have a bye, I believe, before they play Washington and Utah at home. So, that's really, really big. Now, I, I'm not predicting 9-0 for Oregon. I don't think that that's something to to expect from a first-year head coach in Dan Lanning, who's also a first-time head coach. I think that's a lot. And then they're at the Beavs for the game formerly known as the Civil War. So I think when you look at this schedule, you've got probably two losses in there, right? Utah has had a win at Autzen before I was there for it. it was ugly it was really really ugly in 2015 Kyle Whittingham just routed absolutely routed that Oregon team with Vernon Adams uh injured that season so they've they've won at Autzen too I'm not very high in Washington this year I don't think that's going to be a problem I, I think between between the Beavs UCLA Utah and Wazoo I think, I mean, you've certainly got at least one loss in there. And I think the possibility for two is very real because uh, the number of guys who are going to be acclimating themselves to being major players for the Ducks is, is pretty high. You know, you look at the skill positions, you look at the defensive secondary, there are question marks there about who's going to be the starter, who's going to be the guys who are in the regular rotation. So I think at most they've got two losses, but I wouldn't be surprised if they have two. You know, if things really stay, I mean, if this is a three loss conference schedule, I think that's a really disappointing season for the Ducks. But 
with, with with Washington being down and Stanford having to you know build themselves back up, maybe they could. They've had some nice recruiting classes, but they have to put it together on the field and figure out how to stop the run, which Oregon has done really well. The Ducks are going to have one of the best offensive lines coming back in the conference, which carried them to a lot of wins last year and will do it again this year. I, I think you look at that conference schedule and say that's seven and two or, or eight and one. And so picking them to come out of the north, I think, is you know kind of the default. Because uh, the other teams in there, Cal, Wazoo, Washington, Stanford, Oregon State, I think Oregon State honestly might might be their biggest threat, which I'll get to a little bit later in the show. But uh, I like Oregon to come out of the North. Can they win the Pac-12 championship? Yeah, of course they can, right? If I'm thinking they're going to come out of the North, which I expect them to, then of course I'm going to say they can win the conference championship. However, there are a number of factors that have to go their way. You know, Bo Nix has to fit in and first time play caller Kenny Dillingham has to be able to make those sorts of adjustments and be that sort of guy because he's got a defensive minded head coach. There are a lot of question marks there for Oregon. Utah is fascinating. Utah is fascinating at, at five to one. I just, I don't understand how they're behind Oregon, right? Because these are not most likely to come out of your division in the conference this is most likely to win the Pac-12 championship. I, I just don't see how Utah's below Oregon. I know they lost Nephi Sewell and they lost Devin Lloyd, and those are productive players, but they bring in a transfer linebacker from Florida who should help to fill that void. And Cam Rising and Tavion Thomas are back, and, and there are a lot of other returning players. The offensive line should once again be good. The defense for Utah you know is always going to be good, right? Even when you lose a, an incredibly talented player like Devin Lloyd. I, I don't understand how, how Utah is not the favorite to repeat. I think USC is just being overvalued here because of the branding of USC, right? And how powerful it is. And it's easy to get people to jump at those lines and say, hey, we're, we're going to, you know, we want to bet USC and he's got, they've got Lincoln Riley and all that sort of stuff. I expect USC to contend in the South. I don't expect them to win. I, I think Utah is going to, I think they have the, the better team. Their schedule, they go at ASU. They get the Beavs at home, who they lost to at Reese a year ago. They go at UCLA. That's tough. They get USC at home. I think they win that one. At Wazoo, Zona and Stanford at home, at Oregon, at Colorado. I think the big things here, you know, I expect them to win all those games pretty handily, save for three, USC, UCLA, and Oregon. Wazoo could maybe give them some trouble, right? I, I wouldn't sleep on the Cougs, who were – in contention, the Pac-12 North a season ago. But I think when you look at the schedule for Utah, it sets up really well for them to come out of the South again because they were, I believe, 8-1 and one last year in their in their conference run going up to the Pac-12 championship game uh, before they absolutely thrashed Oregon in Las Vegas. And what was a great environment, by the way. It was fantastic. I was there. It was really, really good. That was a great move on the conference's part to, to go to Allegiant Stadium instead of uh, – at Levi's in Santa Clara. I, I've been to both. Vegas blows it out of the water. Not even not even remotely close. Um, that's an aside. But anyway, so I, I don't foresee Utah going 9-0 here because at Oregon and at UCLA and at Wazoo, that's that's a tough ask. I think it's big that they get the Beavs and USC at home because those can be tough games. But, you know, ASU, I think they'll be fine even on the road in Tempe. Not a great home crowd. Not bad. You know, ASU fans get a little rowdy, but they're not known for having some amazing environment. Colorado, I think, uh, could be the worst team in the conference this year. I think they'll be worse than Arizona, who who they get at home. And again, big talent gap there. Stanford, uh, you know, battle of physical teams and uh, the same sort of play style. I expect Utah to, to come out on top at home there, no problem. Um, USC, 
I think it'll be a great game. I I, I do, but at home with, with those fans at, at Rice Eccles Stadium, I, I I expect Utah to be able to come out there. Um, but at UCLA at Oregon, that, that's tough. That, that's a, that's a really tough ask to win that and win at Wazoo. So I, I think Utah goes eight and one. I think they repeat as the Pac-12 South champions. And frankly, I expect them to re- repeat as Pac-12 conference champions because if they come out of the South and Oregon comes out of the North, it, it's hard to get rid of the, the image of last year in which it was a dual beatdown by the Utes on, on the Oregon Ducks. And maybe Bo Nix is the piece that they needed, who you know I think could be a big upgrade over Anthony Brown, but that's asking a lot, and I think that remains to be seen. But as it stands and what we know right now, I, I would pick those two to come out of their respective divisions again, and I, I would expect Utah to win again. I just I don't get how they're third right there. I, I just I really, really don't. I mean, Bet Online, they do a lot of great work, and you should definitely go check them out. But these lines got me scratching my head just a little bit. USC 2-1 to one is so I, – I mean, that's that just jumped off the screen to me Oregon second ahead of Utah that also was just surprising I gotta understand it more if you had USC and then Utah and then Oregon but to have Utah third a year after they basically rolled through the whole conference uh, save for one game against Oregon State I just I I can't see that I can't see them being the third likeliest team to to win the Pac-12 championship so I I think that's it's a fascinating discussion and I'll be interested to see how these lines move as time goes on as well and as we, as we move up to the season, of course, here on the show where we cover the Conference of Champions, we will continue to discuss this sort of stuff. Uh, let's wrap it up with the dark horses here. Let's wrap it up with uh, a couple dark horses that I've got. And these are not necessarily the three most likely teams. Uh, you know, in terms of the bottom dwellers, that's going to be a topic for for a future show. Maybe tomorrow we're just going to kind of see, see how a couple things uh, shape out. But dark horses to win the conference here. Let's start with the the one who, according to Bet Online, is the least likely to win, and that's Oregon State at forty to one. I'm not saying that this is likely, right? the The category here is dark horses, right? Teams that are going to that could potentially come out of the blue. Like, could I see Oregon State winning the Pac-12 North? Yes, yeah, yes, I could. You know how I know that because they were very close a season ago, and I think their defense is going to be improved under Trent Bray. Because I don't know how it could have been worse last year before they got rid of their previous defensive coordinator. They've made that switch, and that should yield at least some better results. And, and if Chance Nolan can play the way he did a season ago, I think that's sufficient for Oregon State to contend. He might need to take a small step forward, but guys can do that. Jonathan Smith is a smart coach, knows what he's doing, has them moving up. They're off of a 7-5 and five season, and they lost a bowl game 7-6. and six. I think they could be a, a team that that ends the regular season nine and three. I could totally see that happening, right? You have a non-conference loss and then a couple Pac-12 losses. I completely see that as a possibility. That's that's what we're talking about here with Dark Horses. Uh, the other two, who have the same odds, interestingly enough, I've been pretty down on ASU here on the show because they, they just have nothing going for them, right? Guys are leaving the program, lowest ranked recruiting class in school history and in the Pac-12 this year. And they've got the investigation, all that sort of stuff. People forget they were an eight-win team a season ago. Now they bring in Emory Jones, who started at Florida and knows how to win college football games at the Power Five level. And Herm Edwards is going to be in win-now mode, so he's probably going to be the starting quarterback. So as you look at Arizona State as a team that won eight games and was six and three 
in the Pac-12 a season ago in the South. It's not a team that you complete you can completely discount, right? If they come out come out this year, have six seven wins. I think Herm Edwards gets fired most likely. But I think when you look at you know where they're at, they're pro- I, I think they're pretty likely to make either a big jump one way or the other. Either they finally put it all together somehow through all the mess that has been happening this offseason. Emory Jones pops the way they need him to, and they win nine games and they win the South. Or they're just going to go backwards, be six and six, and, and then that'll be it, and they'll, they'll have to move on. Um, the other one that, that I like the most is UCLA. UCLA at, at 17 to two, same odds as ASU, which is peculiar because I just think you got a fifth year starting quarterback. You got a guy at head coach who's won multiple conference championships in this league before. I, I think now I know it was a while ago, and Chip Kelly's not the same head coach that, that he used to be, but he still knows how to score a lot of points. They've got a new defensive coordinator as well. After they got rid of Jerry Azanero, which was a long, long overdue move. Um, so I, I think that that is an interesting line to follow as well, because UCLA knows how to score a lot of points and they're going to get USC at home. They beat them on the road last year. And I think that could be a fireworks show in the Rose Bowl at the end of the regular season. So those are the three dark horses that I've got there. And there are other schools I did not mention, but I will continue to talk about here on the show as it pertains to their Pac-12 championship hopes, because there are a couple of things I think are a little bit absurd. And I'll tell you what they are next time. You have to like and subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching the show. I appreciate all of you doing just that. I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day.